0: Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast
1: with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio. Here
0: are the ground rules for our conversation.
1: Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed.
0: Mistakes are welcome.
1: And let's grow together.
0: Enjoy the conversation.
1: welcome to the diversity on a hill podcast this is pj
0: yes that is and this is pk and we have a awesome guest with us well she's not really a guest anymore ooh, ooh, she's no. part of the yeah, family. she's a regular pc
1: is here, PC's yeah.
0: here. Woo. nice Woo-hoo. man that's, i
1: like that what there you go
2: i need an audience like that a yeah.
1: lot of times <laughs> oh there you, you go with that we're just glad you're back again yeah, that's yeah we are glad you're here and As we were saying before, we want to have you um, on one of our clickbait podcasts.
0: They're fun. One of those episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, today's going to be a little scholarly because I have a question for you, but we definitely need a female perspective at times when we do our clickbait. We actually have one saved up for you. Well, PC's
0: a double whammy because not only does she bring a scholarly aspect, Mm -hmm. she also brings a female perspective. And we bring neither. (laughs) No, we don't.
1: Right. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we bring a male's perspective, but
0: and a little off the rocker, little bit off, not scholarly. I at all. do
1: have a mini clickbait for us that I just want to get into because I don't want to hold off on to onto it too much longer because sure, then sure. they start to lose rev- relevance. Relevance, yeah, yep, yeah. That I one. That's where you're going. But before we get into that, I have a question. So I was talking with my mom on sure. the way here mm-hmm. on the phone. Nice. Um, I called her. I had an hour drive, so I said, yeah, I'll call her. And she was quite talkative. Nice. <laughs> but she always has this thing where like especially in the car she gets a little nervous for me. Mm,
2: that's yeah. nice. She loves you.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I always tell her mom, "It's okay. I've I'm don't, I'm not holding it. It's in my ears. I have my headphones on. Mm-hmm. It's fine." So she's worried about that sometimes. But other times she doesn't worry about it at all. And she really wasn't worried about it this time. She didn't say anything about it told her mom. I'm driving. She's like, "Oh, okay. Wonderful." And then she was just <laughs> super chatty today. <laughs> But when she was done, mm-hmm. she went back to the well. She said, well, you know, I'm going to let you go so you can drive calmly and, and not worry <laughs> about it.
0: I like that. Back to the well. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. She, she went wants
1: she, it both ways. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> but it just got me thinking, like, how many times do we do that in people's conversation? Hmm. Like, Have you done it? I, I do it all the time. I'm on the phone. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll let you go now. When I'm not letting them go at all, I'm letting myself go. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'm giving away secrets now. Well,
2: Confessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'd say maybe at least like 30 to 45% of my conversations on the phone, I think I do that. Like they're ready to go. And then I go, oh, just let me tell you this one more story. Yeah. Okay, now I'll let you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and now now I'll let you go now that I'm ready. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And do you guys find yourself doing that? Do you ever notice when someone does it to you? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah you can tell when somebody's kind of like wrapping it up and then they're
1: kind of yeah. like, I know you're busy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know you're busy. Oh, that's yeah. a big one. I don't want to yeah. take more of your time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And, and all I'm doing yeah. is like browsing the internet or whatever. Yeah. You, can't you see I'm just doing yeah. nothing? While you're talking to them? Yeah. You're browsing the internet? <laughs> Every once in a while. It depends how boring they are. <laughs> you got skills, man. No, 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 no. Well, like when they come in, they'll see it. Uh, Anyways, uh, I, just, I just think that's funny. I, it really dawned on me today as she was the, like I noticed when she, it was obvious that she was doing it. And sometimes I feel like I'm really obvious. Mm -hmm. There will be times when I'm talking to someone and I'll maybe go into their office or I'll go see them and I'll start to back up. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, see it. And they start to tell another story. And have you ever done the like pause? Uh And then I had to turn my hips back in, (laughs) listen to the story. And then, oh, yeah, that's great. And I start to leave again. And they start again on something else. Oh, oh, Got to pivot again.
0: You see, you say that I'm a nice guy, but that sounds like a nice guy gesture right there, man. You're mm. a nice guy, too.
1: Dude, you would do it. The problem is you would sit down with them. Every time they talked, you'd sit down, and, be, and you'd look deep into their eyes. And, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that I'm trying to leave. Guilty. <laughs> there have been
0: those times when I'm like, okay, oh, they're starting again. All right. So then I just sit there and I and I yeah. get late to other places. Do because you ever? Of that. Do
2: you ever? If someone comes into your office, do you ever do that? Uh, let me walk you and get up. You know, <laughs> like while they're talking. I, I, if I if I need to, I will get up and start kind of moving and walk walk with them out. You know, that's a good one. You know, I, like, I'll, I'll walk you. Um, where are you going? Go can, in your next class. OK, I can.
0: Nice.
1: With you down there. That's, that's, a, that's awesome. a good move. However, when they're in their office already. No, and that's I, a different one. Yeah. Hey, can I walk you out somewhere? Yeah. Do you want to come <laughs> wanna, with me? Exactly, do you want exactly. to walk do you, me to my. Do you oh, no. Story that, while we walk? that might be dangerous, though, if you walk them back <laughs> to your office because now they're <laughs> in your office.
0: Yeah. Well, well, how about if you did this number? Um, You want to walk with me to the bathroom real quick? <laughs> uh, awkward yeah, yeah that, that's it yeah. you okay, want there. to get them to. yeah st-
1: that'll be done you, you might get written up to hr though <laughs> <laughs> all right i Maybe. i got a I got a worse one though for you once someone wanted to finish a story and they're like hey i'll walk you to your car Ooh. and they walked me to my car continuing the story Whoa. <laughs> the whole time yep oh wow yeah wow. so then you're
2: Trying to get in yeah. the car, rolling mm-hmm. down the window, mm-hmm. but <laughs> oh, letting good off story. the brake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> and the neat thing is, you turn your car on and you have a hybrid, so you can't even hear it's on.
1: Right. They don't even know it's on. So what? they're like, "Oh, they want to hear more I of my story." A
2: hybrid. What do you drive? That's hybrid.
1: A Ford Fusion hybrid. Ooh, what do you have?
2: I have a Prius. Yeah, I used Not to have a Prius.
1: Yeah, I like the Fusion better than the Prius. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I like my roomier.
2: first Prius better. I had an 07 Prius, and then I totaled it, and then I got a 2013, and it's not as good.
1: Really? Um. The newer one was worse. Yep. Well, they don't huh. make them the same. Cars. Well, and
2: and the, they're lower on the package when 07 was high end or lower end. We went with the lower end because we were poor, mm-hmm. but right. then they made more variations, and the mm. lower end in like 2013 was lower then the low end in 07 like they just they oh, came up with a wider range we didn't yeah. know that we weren't paying attention didn't mm. have a backup camera oh, you know like that's which I cool. which I'd gotten more used to than yes. I, I thought I would like I didn't think I would get used to I did I was I did, didn't think I needed it you yes. know in the 07 but so then. they
1: lowered the low end more
2: yeah mm. and it might just be dirty lemon.
1: trick that is a anyway. dirty trick eh, it's probably a dirty trick dirty Jealous trick of your fusion <laughs> all right well i know we only have you for a few minutes so how about we take a break here for a quick second do our clickbait And then after the clickbait, I'm going to have some historical questions for you. Sounds good. All right. We're back. Yes, we are. Here is the clickbait. So I was seeing this article the other day. It was a couple weeks ago. But Band-Aids, you ever thought much about Band-Aids? What about them? Never? (laughs) pc's like never i was like i don't know i don't have kids oh good point that does change things yes it does and i'm partially going into that a little bit here because i never really paid much attention to band-aids and then when you get kids you pay a little bit more attention (laughs) and my son liked you know to get the nice cool band-aids right so he would get the star wars ones oh that's cool so i actually started liking them I was like, oh, <laughs> give me one of those Star Wars ones.
0: <laughs> my daughter likes frozen ones.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Yeah. Do you wear frozen those? Or princess Frozen? Princess, oh, princess. princess yeah. yeah, stuff.
1: Princess Frozen?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I got girls. Yeah, of course. Well, you have a girl too, but. I have a girl, but she's, she's past the princesses. Anyway. Yeah, she's older.
1: Well, anyways, I was reading this article and they have now made darker toned band aids. Did you know this? I have heard of
0: this, actually.
1: No. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I had a notification about that on my Twitter
1: feed. Now, Curcio, you yeah. would be the one that benefits more out of these. Did, right. did this ever cross your mind before they did this? Nope. Hmm. Now, it's hard for me to to and I understand this. It's hard for me to uh, what's the word?
0: Relate. Relate.
1: It's hard to me for me to relate cuz I've never thought about it. Mm-hmm. It was actually I never even wanted the regular ones. I always wanted the the clear ones. No, not the clear ones. I don't like the clear ones. They're oh. a little stickier.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah, adhesive um, is stronger.
1: Yeah, there's something about them; they don't peel off as easily. Uh, Take more uh, hairs. Ugh, yeah, don't yeah. Like them at all. More casualty in your hair. But I always yeah. liked. I always so listen. Here's my problem. I was always a kid at heart. And college, I walked around with a Power Ranger backpack. Nice. So I've always liked the fun band aids. Even yeah. before I had yeah. kids, I tried to blame it on my kids, but it was really me. You're still fun. No, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, that okay. hasn't changed. Uh huh. Go ahead. So I never really thought about it about skin tone. Right. But now, you know, you see the Twitters and people are right. really excited about this.
2: It never occurred to me that Band-Aids were supposed to be the color of skin. Right. You know? But then you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, they kind of are. And I guess the idea is so that you don't notice them as much, mm-hmm. which, of course, we have the cultures gone entirely to different for kids especially.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. They want to get noticed. Yeah. But adults don't really want. We don't want to advertise our boo-boos. Right. right. How, how dumb we are. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to get your thought clumsy. on that. Well, I mean, yeah. what kind of would you utilize those, Curcio? Well, see – I don't care for that. But
0: here's something interesting that, that happened at my church. Uh-huh. Like they were aware that uh, the microphone that I, that we would use would really s- stand out. Right. Oh. So they were trying to be more stealth about the microphones and they actually uh, got a darker toned one mm-hmm.
1: uh, for those of us on staff mm-hmm. who are darker. The Britney Spears type one you're, you're talking about. Yeah. Like the, and the and countrymen. They can, Cause they do. Yeah. You yeah, 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 yeah. have that.
2: I, now that you said that, I was thinking, I was like, what is he talking about the microphone? Oh yeah. They are kind of peachy. Skin, I never also never occurred to me that that's so that they don't stand out so much when right. you're wearing them. That
0: was the whole idea. They want to be more stealth on, yeah. on it. So now they don't come as far, nice.
2: they stop kind
0: of like midway through your cheek. Yeah. And then at the same time, they have them in different colors.
2: That's really smart. So now just makes the world better.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what for people who are doing productions, yeah, like they don't want to give away that you're wearing a microphone. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of yeah. how they worked on it. So I use that microphone whenever I participate in church now. and that does make sense because from
1: a distance it mm-hmm. could really it could really pop correct a different color i'm, I'm just curious about the band-aid thing because when it came up i you know i saw twitter and people reacting to it like mm-hmm. finally a band-aid with my own skin tone mm-hmm. and it, it just never occurred to me
0: so so you asked if i would use it if someone gives it to me i'll use it
1: well obviously but but am use i going go
0: but am i gonna go to the store and buy one only because it matches my skin no
1: that's what i'm curious about i'm wondering how well they'll sell and if they don't sell well Will they stop making them, and how will that?
0: You mean like for a limited time? Like no, the, uh,
1: I mean let's face it, money's money's a big driver. Always. So let's say the darker skin band aids don't sell well. Mm-mm. I mean, will they stop making them?
2: I think they'll have them in markets where they sell. So you okay. might have them. You might have stores and and neighborhoods where they don't have it, and then you have ones where they do. They know. They know it sells and we'll sell where they need it. I mean, exactly. it's like it's like, you know, black hair products. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. definitely stores that don't sell them very much and def- and that's you're you're talking about maybe 15% of the population that might want something like that, both of of all ranges of ethnicities that might want something specific for that and yet you definitely can make money on that and definitely in certain markets and so I think probably the same thing's true with Bans.
1: Yeah. It just makes me think because I well, first off, I'm a pretty laid back guy anyways. Yes, you are. So I don't know. I don't know if it would have affected me or not. Right. And I'm curious. I'd le- I want to try to put myself in other people's shoes and as far as a band-aid goes, I don't see it. But I do see it in things like maybe dolls. Mm-hmm. Like or or action figures for kids if they don't see, you know, a representation of their skin tone or their ethnicity,
0: so maybe there is something
1: to the band-aid. I think there's right. something to it, but and so I'm just trying to well, uh-huh. and
2: it's also like you don't, you, you're know you more interested in the fun thing with a Band-Aid, whereas Chrissy had just mentioned something that I hadn't necessarily thought of, which is aesthetics in performance or any time, mm. especially if you are trying to be on the down low, if you're a professional, let's say you're a woman that's wearing a skirt, but you cut your leg, maybe shaving or something, and you might yeah. need a Band-Aid on it, you there might you want that Band-Aid to be just slightly less obtrusive yeah. than it would that's be right. if the color is very different. And so, yes, maybe it's not easy to find, maybe it's a specialty item, but you wouldn't want it to be virtually impossible to find because it just doesn't exist.
0: It's true. Great point.
1: See, Well, anyways, there you go.
0: I just
2: wanted to thank you, Band Aid makers. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank didn't you for your representation
1: <laughs> and thanks for thinking about something that I, I don't think about. Um, I think that's important: is to get you know. I, I'm I'm often guilty of not thinking enough about what other people are necessarily you know. Well, so production
2: people are a whole different crew. Yeah. You know, like I do not think about stuff like that. The aesthetics, the sound, like, you know, our pastor, our sound people or whatever, they're like, oh, this is not good, you know. And I'm like, I did not notice that at all. What are they even talking about with that noise that's going on or whatever? Doesn't even occur to me. My brother-in-law does production. And, you know, again, the whole, like he, he saw me do a talk once, and, and he was so upset by what they'd done with my mic or not done, and it just wouldn't occur to me. So, you know, there's all kinds of people, not only, you know, ethnically, racially, whatever, Ever, but also just temperament and personality in terms yes. of like I'm okay if I'm cut and bleeding and I have toilet tissue stuck on it, keeping it from bleeding. A lot of people would find that off-putting. So, you know, they well might said. not want to see my band-aid. Ah, it would never so It wouldn't have would occurred to me, but <laughs> it does occur to some people. My mom, that's why we didn't we never had band-aids growing up. Really? When you're talking about band-aids, like not only do I not have children, we so my husband is a nurse, so we do have them in the house, but my mom was a nurse, but she's one of those nurses that are like you know, you're not dead. It's fine. You know? And they, she just felt like if we had band-aids, we'd just use them all up as kids. And to be fair, accurate. Right. I mean, kids will go through band-aids tomorrow, but so it was kind of like spendy, you know, notion to her. Like, you know, if you really need to be bandaged up, we'll sort that out. I've got like appropriate hospital bandages here, but we're not going to have anything that tempts you to just stick it on. So I, I never, like, I'm also fine with just like whatever on my Mm -hmm. skin, but it does the production people, people to whom aesthetics matter. Yeah, there you go. Sounded you.
1: I mean, it's interesting you said that about kids though, and the the band aids going through them. Kids are kind of weak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> my like my 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 kids when they were younger would get hurt and they'd want that band aid. It hurts. I need a band aid. I was like, the band aid isn't going to stop it from hurting. You don't need a band aid because right. uh, it would just
0: be like a scrape. They do make band aids now that have pain killing um, formulas. <gasps> really? Yes, they do.
2: Mm. I will tell you the one time I'm weak, I'm definitely weak sauce when it comes to getting my blood drawn. Mm. And like, I will leave that bandaid on for 24 hours. Like, <laughs> really? And I won't That's use cool. that arm for hours afterwards. I have to have it in my left arm every time because I, I can't, because I'm just afraid I'll get bruised or it's going to, blood's going to come out. I am, I am weak sauce when it comes to that. My husband, hardcore eye rolls when like I have to get my blood drawn. So. That's the one time when I'm like, give me the Band-Aid.
1: I am proud that you actually give blood, though. I'm, I'm no, so I weak No, I don't sauce. give
2: blood, blood. I have to have blood drawn
1: oh, for medical I gotcha. reasons. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I, <laughs> I
2: tell people, I lived in the UK. I might have mad cows.
0: No, come care. on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, an easy solution for having to donate blood is getting a tattoo. Don't do that. That's not my encouragement. <sighs> Interesting. But they, really? That is a they question that it. they ask they, yeah, if you have a tattoo. Uh,
1: what if you just get a tattoo of a dot? Just a dot. That I have a tattoo. doesn't count. They don't. I have a tattoo. They don't know. They're not going to go look for it. And you're like, where is it? Point. Hey, none of your business.
2: <laughs> you can use it as like your excuse. when people are like, are you going to go get blood? And you're like, I have a tattoo.
1: I have a tattoo.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong, but I know that the last time I went, um, and donated blood. I was.
1: I want to do a little right. research into that. I want to find out about that.
0: I'll, I'll look right. into it. Yeah. While we go ahead and dive in go ahead.
1: All right, let's go. Let's take a little break here. And then we are getting diving into our Hill question. All right. We're back again. So PC, you doing well?
2: Yeah. Just turned all my grades in for the semester. So I'm feeling successful.
1: Okay. All right. So I have a, I have a a question for you. So obviously you bring the historical perspective and I had this uh, thought that after slavery was abolished, we had freedom for the black people. And then there was some more complicated stuff and all this complicated stuff. But then we ended up coming to a time in our society where there was segregation. How did we get to segregation if supposedly people were free and supposedly Mm. our Constitution? Now, I know we talked a little bit about the Constitution, really didn't talk about slaves. But our Constitution did say all people are created equal. Mm. They were set free. How in the world did we get into segregation?
2: Right. So um, I think the the issue had to do with free black people mm-hmm. um, in the United States. And I am going to use the term black people. That was not necessarily the term that was used then. And of course, it's not the only kind of racial difference that we have. But mm-hmm. that was the one that seemed to concern for most of, of Amer- U.S. history. That was the one they were concerned about.
1: So with segregation, it was white and blacks, though, right? Or were there other ethnic groups so would would i have been segregated
2: right so maybe okay um so there's so, so there's two different kinds in the united states in the 19th century which is kind of what you're talking about after the civil war mm-hmm. um the primary form of laws regulating where people could live in some states there were laws about the chinese um mm. and there were of course reservations Mm -hmm. and laws about Native Americans and where they could live. Um, But before the Civil War, in places where black Americans were enslaved, and by the time we get to the Civil War, it's really only people that could be racialized as black that were being officially enslaved and that Mm -hmm. were legally slaves. There may be people, Native Americans, sometimes may have been in something that was sort of like enslavement or in the Southwest, um, there were people of mixed race or indigenous background that were in situations that we might call debt peonage or effectively slavery, but legally slaves were people that were racialized as black. Um, And those people lived cheek by jowl with white people, right? Hmm. But because they were enslaved. And so because there was racial hierarchy, they knew who, they knew where everyone should be because enslavement and racial hierarchy were clearly Hmm. in place. There were so many states I just had a student who just, I just graded a paper this morning. Um, I'll give a shout out to Christian Dominguez. Way to go, Christian. Who, yeah, who wrote about black pioneers and settlers in the old West before the Civil War. So a lot of the states, what was Indiana, Ohio, Mm -hmm. Michigan, he looked at the states like Oregon um, and Ohio and some of these other states, made black codes, laws that basically said you could not come into the state If you were a free black or if you were free black, here's the things that you could do and how much land you could own. So now they were free states. And so like Oregon, for instance, said if if you were an an enslaved person, you could only live there with your master for six months. And then you had to either be freed or leave. And so Mm. people would bring in uh, actually George Washington's kind of famous for doing this. in in the. 18th century, um, where he moved to Philadelphia, the US capital was in Philadelphia, and he had slaves in Virginia, but Pennsylvania was a free state. And they said if someone was there for more than I think it was three months, two months, three months, um, they were automatically free. And so he rotated his slaves so that he could keep them enslaved but he would move them back down to Virginia yeah he tried to play mm. the system so you could do that in Oregon too but so so the so the segregation starts with the fact that even before the Civil War there are lots of white people who might not want there to be slavery but also don't want to live freely with people who are racialized as black um, they didn't have as many people who we, we today might make, you know, use the term Hispanic or mm-hmm. Latin American to talk about. They didn't have a lot of people that would fall into that category, except again in the Southwest when they fought the Mexican-American War in the 1840s and conquered a whole bunch of that. And there still were sort of, there weren't a lot of people we might call white that were in those places. And when they were, they, there was definitely hierarchies that were there. So they didn't make a lot of rules about that. It doesn't seem like, but they did in, in Arkansas, New Mexico, you know, Arizona have rules about what black people, settlers, pioneers, people before the Civil War could do. So it seems very clear that the segregation is about kind of controlling and economic power Mm -hmm. And so how much land you could own, what jobs you could do and mobility, like where you could move. And then immediately while enslavement is going on, there aren't a lot of laws against intermarriage, but in places where slavery isn't allowed, there are also laws that you can't marry between the races. And this in theory was true between what we would call Hispanic people, native American people, black people in theory, that was true too, but it wasn't always enforced. Like in theory, native American people weren't supposed to marry black people, but in practice, that wasn't very enforced. It was often enforced when white people were involved, and they were sometimes taken to court if they married someone who was indigenous in California. If a white person married someone who's indigenous, they might be taken to court. Sometimes that happened. Mm. It mostly involved if people wanted property or inheritance, or you know, someone had to care enough mm-hmm. um, to, to prosecute. It. So, what we start seeing is that once there is freedom, then there is a greater need to segregate. To keep everyone in their place, um, because now you don't have slavery, and so people are acting like they could even be equal, and that wasn't what was really meant by that. Our, you said that our our doc- founding documents say everyone's created equal, but remember, that's the Declaration of Independence, not the Constitution. Okay. So the Declaration of Independence is important, but it's not a legal document that, like— you know is it has the enforcement of law it's just a principle that we called on and certainly black americans believed it you know and wanted to utilize it you know
0: that is interesting yeah,
2: yeah there we we see that all the time over and over again they call on those founding documents to say this should count for us too yeah. so yes after the civil war then we have the, the enslaved people are freed and now there's a greater concern that like what might happen here with this. So there's, you know, 20 years or so of experimentation with allowing, um, black Southerners to stay where they're at, to vote, you know, to potentially get land if they can. Yeah.
1: Cause they had the right to vote for a while though, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. That, that's what blew my mind. The other day I was listening to to some other thing and I didn't realize that they had the right to vote immediately. Mm-hmm and then lost it
2: yeah rights can go backwards so there was a black lieutenant governor that's why a lot of times when you'll see things like this person is the first black governor since reconstruction there's often that little caveat because in the 20 years after the civil well actually it was 12 years after 1877 is usually when we would think reconstruction ends so it's really only 12 years after the civil war um the i think i mentioned last time the last black uh, look, congressman leaves D.C. in 1900, 18, 1899, 1900. Mm. But, but they had, and South Carolina had a majority black state house. State legislature yeah, I saw that because it's a majority black population so right. you you do you do have this so there but this is very upsetting to people and what you are starting with people who don't have any property so how do you start from from zero how do you get anything if you don't have anything to start with and so it is hard for they're they're reliant on the people who have which are mostly people who are racialized as white in the south to um give them jobs and things like that now in the north. There are free black people living, but there are also black codes. I also read a paper this morning. Shout mm-hmm. out to David Reynolds um, David? on mm-hmm. black codes in the North before the Civil War, which regulated what you know things like where you could live, what transportation you could have, sometimes what jobs you could do, and sometimes even voting um, to a certain extent, and definitely marriage laws. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know there were anti-interracial in, in, marriage laws in the North. Mm-hmm. Um, So what I think is important is that even when segregation, was, even when people were living in smaller places and living more near each other, there were rules in place to make sure everyone knew their place. As it becomes harder to do that, um, then we start having things like, okay, how do we make sure that people know their place? So there become, and what happens is there's free blacks in the South too, who become wealthy. This is very upsetting because part of how you know you're better than other people is you have more stuff than other people. And so when they're starting to have more money, there were like store owners who wouldn't sell like nice dresses to black Southerners or certain, you, that's not for you. You don't get to have that, you know, like, and what we, this is slight side uh, angle here, but um, this is part of like catalogs become so important is because you could order things from a catalog and no one knew your race. So mm. th- some people, there were actually rumors that JCPenney and Sears were actually what they, the word they use warning here about the word they use is a colored people. Um, They, that there was rumors that, that, that the owners of those magazine, of those, of those catalogs were colored people. And so that's why so many, again, the worst term they used was colored people were, Um, buying them and using them and they could bypass the local storekeeper who might police who was allowed to have which stuff, you know, to keep people in their place.
0: That's interesting because, you know, it seems like segregation already existed just in social status, like in the classes of the haves and the have nots. Right. You know, you drew, you drove this car or you had this buggy if we go further back. Right. Or you dressed this certain way. You had these colors, uh, you your your wife was able to wear and your daughters were able yep. to wear certain types of dresses. you yep. know, and here we see they just took that and just ran with it as right. it pertains to um, race.
2: And they wouldn't allow people to have certain jobs. So part of Jim Crow was, okay, we have to make it really clear that we're very different and there's inferior. And this is why like this crazy thing that we can't drink out of the same drinking fountain, we can't use yeah, the same bathroom.
1: That to me is the most mind boggling when I see the different drinking fountains. i was like, why did the laws go to even that extent?
2: Mm, yeah. I mean, the, I, the idea is it's there's a there's politics of disdain. We also sometimes have theology of disdain, um, but politics of disdain, where you are worried actually about contamination, mm. like, and so you want to make it physical almost. And again, this is part of why you could say you shouldn't engage in sexual activity with each other. Like, again, this is said, and it's the laws, and they don't want anyone marrying. But mostly, what it means is we don't want white women. To engage in sexual relations and marital relations with men that are black. Because white men were engaging in forced relations with black women. All the
1: exactly. Time. That's what I was saying. It so was hypocritical. Oh, it's hypocritical. It was technically illegal. Yeah. But they we knew who was in power. They
2: didn't really get prosecuted for it. But because everyone would be like, that person is obviously, uh, I'm going to use a terrible word here slut and yeah. so that's why she's accusing this man of that we all know that this is an upstanding man and that woman is not so we don't believe and this obviously just didn't happen Correct. they basically just erase it it just yeah. didn't happen it's not even that they said it was kind of okay they just said that person's lying because it's he said she said and it never happened
1: but doesn't the baby say when it comes out a little lighter <laughs> we
2: all know that it, we all know that it did happen
1: well but, the white men were in power and they were protecting yeah, themselves yeah,
0: well, well they're course. not gonna wait nine months to prosecute either you right. know like it's kind of like you well, let's wait and now, see here you know
2: right, right. just put it on hold and you it know? didn't always <laughs> result in pregnancy either, right too, that's true. So. true but in any case there was i think that's that that disgust it's a it's a politics of disgust that develops because how else, if you don't have laws, like if, if there aren't like enslaved people, and if it is just now going to be social norms in some ways, and yes, a few laws, but mostly you want to cultivate a almost tangible embodied bodily sense, that these people are not people we want to be around, and I, I talked to one of my friends who um, grew up in Zimbabwe and South Africa, and they said the same thing happens too. That it's uh, you're almost seen as disgusting this other person in their bodilyness. So why would you drink after them, or use the bathroom with them, or engage in any kind of touching or congress with them? You don't want to be touching them or anything like that. So this, yeah,
1: it's like little kids with cooties
2: hundred percent. So you got to be great kidding example. Yeah. But
1: but kids have cootie shots, didn't they? <laughs> Can they do the circle, circle, dot, dot? Oh yeah, that's right. Now, now I got have a racial cootie. dot. Oh. oh,
0: a racial shot. You oh. Mean. oh yeah, I got you. Uh, oh shots. man. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: a vaccine against contamination. Yeah. So wow. so so this so then they start they do these crazy. kinds of rules about that. But even more than that are sort of more social norms where they might not say. Some some places did actually have laws you can't live in this area but no but if nobody will sell to you or you know you you're basically socially prevented even and so this happens in the north even if they don't have laws
0: makes sense like the redlining that we yes. were talking about and
2: redlining's a policy by banks and redlining was backed by the federal government in the mid-20th century. But even before that, it, you have banks that just won't lend to people or they won't, they won't give, they'll give them lend enormous in, interest rates. And so keep them kind of in their place. Because if they're, if they have something nice, this is where the, the, the it, again, it's all circular. They must be a criminal because they must have stolen it because nobody can actually, you know, earn that. So there's, there becomes like they're always poor or criminals. And so- Dark, darker skin gets marked by being, you're obviously poor, obviously criminal, and that must mean you're not very smart and like all of these things. So, so then we have um, in those, what does happen, though, is in the segregated, one of the things that happens in segregation is that you do actually have middle class and wealthy black families and people who develop their own neighborhoods and schools and parallel societies and black businesses, they get patronized because again, if you go to the white business, maybe they'll they'll sell something to you, but they might way overcharge you. And so you have, you know, total parallel systems, black insurance companies, black hospitals, you know, black, we think now today of things like beauty parlors, but there were, you know, restaurants and movie theaters. and Black churches.
1: Oh, wait, that's, Uh (laughs) we might get into that. That's, I think that's the next time we have Lisa. Oh, okay, Um, okay. I just saw, I just saw an article today that the MLB has um, recognized the Negro League oh, as yeah major league baseball yeah yeah and so yeah. it's interesting because that was one of the parallels yeah. and as you say that yeah. they had their own baseball because yep. they couldn't integrate
2: yep and that it- wasn't like a law by the government but these are civil society our our country is full of. Of organizations that are civil society organizations, it may not be a law by the, even the Democratic Party in the South, which was the party of of whites in the South, it could have racialized primaries because they say we're a private club. We're not a legal entity, we're a private club, and we get to say what the rules are for voting in our primaries. So it wasn't even like it's the law of the government, but if you can't vote in a Democratic primary in the South, you're you might as well not because the the Republican Party had been so driven out that you you could run it was it was considered the Black Party and so you could run on a Democratic ticket, but you would ne- you know you would never be able to be elected like a lot of gerrymandered districts in our world today where they're gerrymandered for one party and the other can't. So you ended up with very flourishing Black communities where sometimes there were kids that grew up you know if they lived if they were part of a of a middle class or or elite black community they didn't often if they just stayed in their own communities they wouldn't have to be treated with disdain you know in in white communities mm-hmm. and sometimes I've, I've read about you know people who who it was when they had to go integrate it was very almost alarming and if you were a for instance a person that was working class black and maybe your job was being a maid or a gardener you got used to the integrated society where you knew your place. It was, and I'm going to use a terrible word here, it was uppity black people who thought of themselves as smart and successful and rich and wanted to be treated that were that were problematic. So again, you'll hear white people all the time after the Civil War before our people. You're a good one. Our people are... are you know, they know their place, you know, they're not going to cause any trouble. They mm-hmm. come, they say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Doff their cat. Never try to touch our children, you know, you know, unless they're doing the things that maids do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they, do, and then, and then go their separate ways. So then what happens with integration? So we have these segregated societies and they are in the North and the South. Like no. we think about Jim Crow in the South, but it's in the North too.
1: So let me ask you this. I, I understand the philosophical reason. What was, is that the reason they gave for putting in Jim Crow laws? What was do you know if there was like protection a
2: protection of white people was the reason they gave? And then they, they sometimes so it depends on what years you're talking about. So they have laws later. So as as sort of overt racism becomes less palatable. Mm-hmm. Let's say after the 30s. Let's say after the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um but before that, Ooh, you I got a question? But before that, it's just very straightforward. You know, um, yes, these people are not appropriate, you know, for this. And, you know, they will corrupt us. We, you know, they, they don't know what they're doing. There's, there's, there's overt reasons. Later, it's, you know, we just are different, and it's important to protect our differences. That's for sure what they said in South Africa in the 40s and 50s, because apartheid didn't start till the 40s or 50s in South Africa. And they said, we need to protect everyone's culture. And we're just different, so we need to protect those differences.
1: So when they first instituted the laws, it was just outright: mm, we yep. need to preserve the races.
2: <laughs> well, and, of- and yeah, and we need to protect white people from the villainous, vengeful black people that have been that have been enslaved before. In the North, again, they tend to be a little bit more subtle about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't let them buy houses in certain areas, and they may have overtly even say that, but it'll be more cased in. We need to protect certain cultural norms and certain kinds of people. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. So So, but getting back to the integration. So
2: integration, the laws for integration start. And what happens is the integration is more white organizations and specifically schools and things that are run by the federal government. It's an interesting thing to ask clubs and other private organizations when did you first become integrated because those those are usually more like in the 80s or 90s when a lot of private organizations become integrated
1: but i couldn't believe that there was was there a certain state or something that still had laws up into the 80s yeah about segregation oh yeah i schools. was a kid
0: hearing about this so that's crazy was, talk it's nuts yeah okay
2: yeah. So you know the, there but private organizations could still segregate. But the federal government, things that are run by the federal government and the federal government choosing to apply the Fourteenth Amendment to some of the states and say you have to you have to desegregate your schools. What that really meant was you have to let black people into white institutions. It did not mean white people would go to black institutions. So this, these parallel organizations that had developed. And again, if you're Asian or you're Hispanic or Native American, you are also probably segregated, but they had developed, they were much smaller numbers and they, and or they hadn't developed as many parallel institutions. So with black communities in America, they had developed parallel institutions. What happens is basically mm. all the black businesses decline Um, because now white people don't come to the black businesses, but now black people are going to white businesses. And a lot of the black schools and other institutions decline, not so much because they were illegal, but be, or that they weren't valuable, but because now it's in sometimes it's just easier to go to the white owned businesses right here. Yeah, yeah it was it's convenience. convenience. And so you're gonna you're gonna join this other thing. It's some there's that that kind of thing has happened with women's clubs and like women's colleges and stuff too, because men don't tend to come to women's colleges when they integrate, but women tend to go to the ones that were just for men. So what happens is those ones that were more segregated or protected because you weren't allowed, they decline. And so now there's integration, but what but what happens is, and this happens in a lot of places, especially with regards to schools and even still with housing, there's this white flight where white people leave institutions that black people can come to. Um, and so, for instance, in, this, in the Hamilton County, where I live and where we are as we speak, um, you can there is the highest number of private schools per capita that almost exists almost anywhere in the US. did not surprise basi- me. <laughs> it happened in the 1970s with integration that basically white, anyone that had means and especially white people had means in Hamilton County abandoned the public schools almost entirely. Mm. Um, and so that then then the public schools become associated with those who are too poor to afford private school. And so what has happened since the 70s, so there was about 15 to 20 years when there was like real attempt at integration. And what has happened since then has been voluntary segregation. Um, Voluntary segregation um, at first on the part of white people, but now increasingly recognized by all kinds of communities. And, th- and there are people who dislike the idea of identity. They call it identity politics when you say, okay, we're going to have a black student union. Or we're going to have this. But part of it is an attempt to say, sometimes some places we don't want to always be the minority that has to think about ourselves. And we've had that conversation in earlier episodes. So what you see now is, again, the schools are almost as segregated as they were in the 50s. Again, it's extremely rare that a white person will go to school with that, and that has more than you know, 10% people who aren't white. And it's and the vast majority of black and brown students go to school where they are the majority of their student body. So we basically have resegregated voluntarily. Mm. So then that and that and the and the reasons are kind of we, we use economic terms and we say, oh, I want to move to a good neighborhood or I want to send my kid to a good school. But as we talked about in an earlier episode where so much of the economics where it's redlining, where you're not allowed to buy houses and the long term when you're starting from nothing and now you say okay now everyone's equal it you, it's easier to just continue to get ahead and i'm not talking about all white people or all white schools of course there's bad white schools too but it's just in general
0: well you know it it, it makes me think sometimes like are we and i'm talking about my church that i love you know uh, bitten by this a little bit in how we well, that, even that- behave when it comes to our institutions
1: I'm sure we need to really get into the history of that, too, because I think mm. the history of that is important. Mm. That's that's too long of a discussion. For yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, not, but it's I,
2: super fun. So we'll make sure. We yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we're
0: dropping this for future episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, it's just it's just something that that I've thought about, like because yeah. I've heard some comments that I'm not going to share right now because yeah. we're not going to delve into it. But the idea yeah. that I'm like, yeah. so what is your purpose again? Like, do you understand what the purpose of our institutions were to begin with? Mm. Um, and it's just interesting to hear that because we just kind of naturally, uh, you know, they, they say that the church is normally about what, 10, 20, 10 years behind the curve (laughs) of what's happening and we're catching up on some things. Mm -hmm. And I just think that some of that is maybe bleeding into what, uh, what we're doing with our institutions, but nor here nor there. That's not where where I wanted to go fully. We'll hold that for another episode. Well, but go as, ahead, a,
2: as a person who identifies as somebody who is traditionally racialized white, and so I will call myself a white person, um, I know that my people, people who are racialized as white and who identify as white... Are frequently the are mostly only in majority spaces, and we actually just we just know the tipping point. Like if if a school is more than about it's about fifteen to twenty percent. Anything else, in fact, some places will say, you know, about. 20 years ago, I read it was about 7%, not white. White people will start leaving. They'll say that is a black school, a black institution, and then they will start moving. We're we're traditionally, maybe we're changing, but traditionally we've been quite intolerant.
0: Well, see, and this is the thing. Like you've heard these stories too of pastors who were approached by members that told them, you need to make sure that we stay at X number percent Uh, of minority, right?
1: I've never heard that.
0: You've never heard? Oh, mercy. Okay, we're definitely going to have to Thank the Lord I never heard that. Well, speaking
2: of our church, we can talk about this another time, but I just read a really great book on a collection of essays on Europe, and our church in Europe. Our church in Europe in some countries is majority immigrant church. And so, like, that tipping point, literally the churches there were like – we have to save some churches that are majority indigenous because otherwise we won't be able to convert other people. And they would ask people not to come to these evangelistic meetings or not. I mean, exactly like on the record, this percentage of people have to be in order to kind of protect the evangelism towards this other group. So. Oh, no,
0: but in, in my case, the stories that I've heard were financial. Like mm. you would lose financial backing if your percentage of membership changed.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. All right, listen. This is a very important so, one. Anyhow, and PC isn't here for much longer. Oh, so sorry. We All right, right. Into this sorry, 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 sorry. I feel bad. like we need to delve into this really a, a, a little deeper. Yeah. So next time, let's remember yeah, this. Like let's put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll,
0: I'll write it down for next
1: time. Um. So, but I do have this question. So, around the time when did racial segregation start to end? When were the laws? I guess. Mm.
2: So between the fifties and the seventies. So it was a 20 some year period and there was really strong resistance to it. So when people talk about the divisions in our country now, and even the racial tensions, it's still nothing compared to the seventies. Right. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, in the 70s, I mean, people are rioting because what they were trying to do is say, let's fully integrate our schools. And so we're, gonna, we're not gonna just bust black kids because again, the neighborhoods are segregated because black people had not been allowed, even in the North, in Boston, in Chicago, in Philadelphia, the p- p- black people had not been allowed to buy houses in neighborhoods that were considered white. So they live in different neighborhoods. So if you're gonna integrate the schools and that really was seen as sort of the cradle of how you get integrated to happen um, you're gonna have you need to have people moving from one neighborhood to the other so they were busing black kids in but they decided that's not fair they need to bus some white kids to other schools like to keep it even mm-hmm. but parents did not want white parents occasionally some black parents but it was more white parents that were uh, that did not want their kids to be bused out of their school district and literally ride it and sometimes were violent To the black kids that were being bussed in. And we're talking about the 70s here. In the late 70s, um, you know, kids from the black academy, Pine Forge Academy in Pennsylvania, were visiting Boston on a history tour and got beaten up. Mm. You know, it was on the cover of the Adventist Review not that long ago because they, as, as I think it was the 30th anniversary or something like that of when it happened. Anyway... Um, this is this it was very violent in the 70s a resistance there was a backlash so in the 80s is when the deep, the 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 little moment of time when integration had happened starts moving away and so by the 90s like I think the late 80s or early 90s was the most integrated we'd been in terms of our institutions businesses schools even in some ways neighborhoods until because we started again segregating back again in the 90s um, so we have this, the laws around school change in 54 is the Brown versus Board. Um, the Civil Rights Act is in the mid-60s. Um, they start targeting things like redlining are brought, you know, before the courts. And in the 70s, they're, try- they're still, so Brown v. Board just says, the federal government says you can't do this. But schools were not se- integrating. So when in the 70s is when they tried to start enforcing the law, and that's when there was massive backlash, and that's when you find the homeschool movement really takes off. Um private schools really take off. Mm-hmm. Um Christian schools and colleges really take off partly because they absolutely make no bones about the fact that this is we're going to save your children, you know, kind of from this immorality. So that the the and the real issue is is that people still are very upset. Again, I'm going to speak in maybe non-PC terms. Go ahead, PC. Um they're really concerned about Black and white people having sex with each other mm-hmm. and procreating. They're really yep. concerned about intermarriage. So you don't want, and again, it's it's sexist a bit, so you don't want your white girls in school with black boys. Correct. And because you don't want them falling in love. Because you know what? Kids fall in love across racial lines. They do. If they're hanging out together, this is what happens. So part of what's happening now, I think, that is... Messing with all of this is we are having increasing diversity because what also happens in the '60s is we change our immigration act. So we had basically not allowed hardly any immigration from the '20s to the '60s. So we ch- we start allowing immigration from places like Central and South America and Asia, mm-hmm. which we had basically only been allowing immigration from Europe before mm-hmm. this. Um, and we we start having mm-hmm. much more diversity in our country in general. So it's not just kind of black-white diversity. Because what had happened between the 20s and the 40, 60s is people that had been ethnically different now are basically could become racialized as generic white because they lose their accents, they are multi-generational. And so there's less like, oh, these are Italians. You can't, it's harder to spot them at 10 paces when they're third generation now.
1: Exactly. So, so when when did those laws start coming into immigration? In
2: 1965, as the Immigration That's interesting.
1: Act. That's What's interesting to me is because... Mo- what most people romanticize—the heyday of America—seems to be the 40s, the 50s, 60s. Ding, 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 ding. That's that's the, the romanticization, the romanticized look of America. Yes, it is. The good old days. This is when things were pure. This is when things were innocent and good and at their best. Huh. So it's very interesting men that that kind of... Co- and
2: women were women and everybody knew their place.
1: And then the 70s, we start to see a lot yeah. more of that. So then we part of that is due to the... Okay, I got a question because for you. they
2: forgot about how much conflict there was about immigration before the 20s. So America mm. has always had waves of immigrants and that has always caused people who were here to get grumpy about it. But then we had this 30, 40 year period where we didn't. Mm. And we, again, sort of pretended there wasn't that much diversity except for kind of black, white. And so n- then when now we have immigration coming in in the 70s and people are freaking out again, not realizing this has always been America.
1: That's right. What I don't know, that know if we it? have time for this question, but but I realized something that, so we had the fifties and sixties is when segregation laws started to come in. World War II ended
2: desegregation
1: laws. Desegregation yep. laws, yeah, sorry. World War II ended mid forties. And there was a big stink about how the Germans were racist towards the Jewish people. Mm. Yeah. And there was this kind of there was this kind of, I guess, uh, propping up of the American ideal of how they were going to save and And on the right side of history, it seems like there's a little bit of disconnect there because weren't they trying to make laws against Germany and writing them up for crimes? Right. That perhaps America was still a little bit involved in themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And we and we have that in our notes, actually, from the last time Lisa was here, that that was going to be one of our conversations, the World War Two war crimes and what have you. So I know we want Maybe to dive into that. I
2: can say an answer to that is yes, a hundred percent. What happens partly is that the the military is integrated. So when, when Eisenhower does that, when the military does that in world war two, that is a very big step. And a lot of these guys, and I was just listening to a podcast this morning that was talking about this, um, that when they come out of the military, they come back and they have been Patriots. They have fought, they've done well. They've been integrated, and now they're entering back into a segregated society. And this is where a lot of the early 50s civil rights leaders come, were, were people who fought in World War II. Interesting. And so they they are very upset about it, and they start agitating against it. And of course, they are able. We also it's it's this is right around the same time, right after World War II, is the move, movement with Gandhi, and um and then we and we so we have um all around the world responses to the so-called kind of you know war for goodness against this sort of evil that colonized people, including people in our own country that are kind of colonized, so to speak, in terms of economically and geographically, are able to use. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. spot on, PJ, to to notice that World War II is, is part of that. And yes, there's other things we can talk about with World War II, but I, I just wanted to affirm that observation that there is a big reason why after the 50s this happens. And to be fair, we didn't fight World War II because of the Holocaust, and we didn't really understand the extent of everything that had happened mm-hmm. until it took—actually, it, the word Holocaust, I don't even think, was used until the 50s. Like, there wasn't even a word to describe what people had gone through, you know, and what had happened. Wow. And so we were, we were only just putting it into kind of systems of knowledge and understanding around the time all this happened.
1: I just remember hearing something I can't—I wish I could remember better— but something about how the United States was trying to write laws or write, um, not maybe laws, but things to put on Germany as war crimes. Here are your sure. war crimes. Right. You did this, you did this, you right. exterminated a people or you held right. held them down.
2: But The Nuremberg trials the, you, are
0: going you, you on. You mean like the charges that they're yeah, yeah, putting yeah. against the charges, Germany? But yeah. they were
1: having problems with some of the charges because they were racial based. Yeah. And uh, the yes, Americans the, were having a little bit of, yes. well, how can we put that in there when. Yeah, the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's this part is, of
2: the defense of the Germans is that you guys are also doing this.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, yeah. mm-hmm. Probably not quite to that extent. Uh, no, not today. But yeah, very interesting dynamics here as we take a look. And that's why it's important we take a look at history. Yes. And kind of see where we're coming from. You opened my eyes a little bit. I didn't realize those immigration laws. That was mm. a new one to me. And kind of how that opens up the way we look at our past as opposed to the way we look at our future
0: yeah and to me it 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 really just highlighted i mean it takes me to the whole church that i love right this Mm. is a religious podcast i always mention this and you know my mind goes there as i'm listening what's happening in history and then watching it play out in the religious realm to me it's 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 baffling because it's like as christians god wants us to be the head not the tail but we do a great job of following Mm. and not such a great job of leading the way right. God wants us to. So that's another conversation for another day. But we do want to hear from you. Um, diversity on a hill at gmail.com. Diversity with the Uh Let us know what your thoughts are or if you have any particular questions that we could probably um, ask Lisa when we come back. So, again, uh, look us up. Diversity on a hill. Also on, on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, look yeah. at this. Great minds think alike. Hey, but, but by the way,
1: I haven't gotten many donut, you know suggestions So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm very. I, I really want podcast. our listeners to really, yeah. you know, step up their game to giving me some donut uh, suggestions.
0: Yes, yes. And I wanted to clarify something from our <laughs> early conversation about donating blood. Actually, the American Red Cross requires you twelve months. You have to wait after you get a tattoo in order to donate blood. So that's what I read. So
1: every twelve months, I need to get a little dot tattoo <laughs> on me somewhere. Yep. And soon
0: you look like a leopard. Yeah. So you or know. just
1: admit you're scared. Just. A, I, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> that, that's a story for another day because we're at the end here. PC, thank you so much for coming on. So you always, always make me yeah. think and give it's me new perspectives. Fun.
0: All right, so I'm going to pray. Is it my turn, your turn?
1: Uh, I think it's your turn for Let's the podcast. Let's do it. Yeah.
0: I love it. So, Lord, again, we thank you that even though things in the world are wild and crazy and not exactly how you designed them to be uh, thanks to sin, you are still in control. Mm -hmm. And we know that you're letting sin play out just to make us yearn for heaven so much more. So as we continue to try to navigate uh, these difficult conversations and trying to see what to do about the past as we learn uh, what others did and how to be better for a better future, we ask that you give us the courage to stand, give us the wisdom to understand and ultimately help us to be a blessing to those around us. We thank you and we love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen before I say my outro do you have a do you have a Christmas tree PC
2: I absolutely do fake and or real real and okay. I was listening to you all talk about this the other week we put ours up the Thursday before Thanksgiving Way
0: to go of proud there of you. you go I am proud been of you. that kind of year no listen <laughs> yeah. we like I said if we could start in August this year, <laughs> yeah. we needed it.
1: Well, we probably won't see you until after Christmas. Yes. Merry Happy, Christmas. Happy Thanks Christmas. Thanks for yes. coming Happy
0: on. And Merry New Year. Too. Yes, yeah. yes. I said, I said Merry New Year. Huh? Yeah,
1: why not? Just mix it, it all up. Merry New Year. <laughs> all right. Grace, in peace to you all. This is PJ and I'm out.
2: Bye, everybody.
1: That was PC.
0: PC here
2: saying <laughs> yes, till next time.
0: There you go. Look at that. Love it. PK here. Many blessings. And like PC said, till next time.